pickaxe. It's about really understanding, like, what's the equation? Basically, general conclusion, having worked with over 400 content creators now, is that the best way to make content is to be, like, authentic and energetic. Do y'all want me oh. to mute? Do you guys want to finish your conversation privately? I mean, I could do it on stream. It's cool. Okay. It's on. Yeah, no, it's fine. <laughs> okay, awesome. Keep going. Sorry. Oh. Um. I just wanted to thank her because while I was sick with COVID, I would I was lurking in her stream and it really helped me like focus on not being sick with the the, the cool ASMR sounds and the, especially the singing bulls. That was my favorite. Are you feeling better so, now? Uh, a lot better today, but I've had days like you know two days ago where I felt like absolute garbage because I don't know this COVID was off and on. I haven't. This is my first time having it. And I got it from my parents of all places. I didn't even get it from like something cool. So. <laughs> oh, I'm glad you're feeling better, and I hope you don't end up with any like long COVID stuff. Or. Thank you. Thank yeah. You. Cool. Hi. How's everybody doing today? Better. So, so. <laughs> so it, it sounds like metric got COVID. I actually had COVID when we did our our first session but i just um doped myself up real good and pretended like nothing was wrong ah so a, a crucial skill for a content creator pretending like mm -hmm. nothing is wrong oh yeah <laughs> and just performing right mm -hmm. um so welcome everyone to week two i i think hopefully we'll have miss ashrox able to make it uh but if she can't you know that's okay we're, we're welcome we're happy to have her whenever she's is going to be here. Um, so just to give you all a little bit of structure, I don't know how many of you all saw the recap that we that I kind of shared with you all a couple days ago. So we'll be sort of sharing recaps with you all, um, hopefully on a weekly basis. There may Sometimes they may even be a little bit more substantive uh, in terms of like worksheets and tools and things like that, but we'll kind of get to that later, like burnout assessments and stuff like that, um, scientifically valid scales, things like that. But I thought I'd just, uh, first of all, welcome everyone back. Um, I think we can go ahead and do brief introductions as well again this week. So please let everyone know where they can find you, um, you know, what kind of work that you do. And then the other thing that I'd like to do is just kind of go over a format of what we do on a weekly basis. So what I'll do is we'll start with check-ins. Um, there may be announcements or things like that at the very beginning as well. And then probably what we'll do during check-ins, I may frame them in a particular way. We won't do that today because we're going to do introductions, but... And then afterward, I'll put like a question to people, oftentimes relating to, okay, what did y'all take away from last week? So what did y'all remember for people who did homework? Um, you know, what was that experience like? So we'll kind of check in about last week. If people have thoughts, reflections, kind of recaps, um, we'll sort of talk about that for a little bit. And then we'll kind of open things up based on what the check-in is like and people's responses. Does that make sense? Um, I did share with y'all the eight topics that I've pre-prepared. Uh, so if people want to steer in that direction, y'all can explicitly open that door. You can say, hey, this really resonated with me. But based on my understanding, um, you know, there were a couple of things that kind of floated to the surface that people felt pretty uh, interested in talking about. So we'll get to those in a second. Any questions about that format? Okay, so we're going to meet, announcements, check-ins, kind of recap, talk for a while, I'll probably try to summarize and maybe do a little bit of explicit teaching towards the end, depending on how much time we have. Sometimes that's better in the middle. Um, and then that's kind of our format. And then we'll kind of assign homework 
as necessary. Sound good? Mm-hmm. Okay. Sounds good. So let's uh, restart with introductions. So why don't you all tell us a little bit about, um, you know, who you are, where people can find you, and also what you kind of took away from last week's group. I can start first if, uh, unless anyone has a preference. You're good. Awesome. I'll start first. Uh, hi, everyone. I'm Michael. I go by Smirky here on Twitch and various other socials as my doorbell just rang, even though the door is unlocked. Um, I will gra- I will grab the door here in a minute. Um, I'm a LGBTQIA plus variety streamer. I've streamed for 10 years now. Um, I also do a bunch of charity work and I fundraised over $65,000 for various causes um, as the door keeps getting knocked on. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I've also been uh, a Twitch partner for the past four years. I have specialized in a game called Toontown, which is a former Disney MMORPG that's now uh, hosted private servers run by the community, um, which is pretty fun that I get to still dabble in that. But I'm also focused on like multiplayer games, uh, and we love uh, focusing on positivity, authenticity, and inclusivity. Um, so that's my little intro. If I'm missing anything else, I'm already forgetting. That's totally fine. All right, awesome. I'm going to get the door now. Sure. Um, uh, I don't know if anyone wants to go next. Yeah, you can grab the door, Smirky. We'll figure that out. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, hi, I'm Ruby True. Um, I stream on Twitch. Duh. Um, <laughs> I create uh, mindful meditation content, ASMR content. Everything in my kind of content is um, focused around wellness. Um, we talk about some pretty interesting topics as well amongst that. And um, yeah, you can find me at twitch.tv forward slash Ruby True. And um, yeah, that's all my brain can deal with today, talking about myself. Awesome. Ruby, <laughs> is there any way you can turn up your volume a little bit? I have you kind of maxed yeah. out on the Discord call, but it seems like you're still a little bit quieter than other people. Thank you very much. Is that better? Uh, say something again. I can go up a bit more. Perfect. That's yeah. better, yeah. Thank you. Cool. Thank you. Um, I'll go. Uh, I'm Metric Seconds. Hi. Uh, he, him. Um, I used to grind Darkest Dungeon like crazy. Would do Deathless runs and challenges and all sorts of stuff. Um, and uh, now, nowadays, I, sometimes I play it for fun, uh, which is wild. Um, I work on... Uh, Variety, but mostly super hard challenges when I can find them. And uh, you can find me at twitch.tv slash metric seconds. Awesome. Next. Hey, everybody. My name is Kathy, a.k.a. Zerk Girl. You can find me on Twitch streaming uh, mainly StarCraft 2 at Z-E-R-G-G-I-R-L. Because a lot of people like to ask how it's spelt. Um, and yeah, I just mainly stream StarCraft 2, whether it be ladder matches, uh, playing co-op or team games with friends. Um, I also work in corporate at Activision Blizzard King. Awesome. Thanks, Kathy. All right. Um, I'm last. So uh, what's up, guys? Uh, my name is Josh, otherwise known as Zell. Um, I stream at twitch.tv slash Zell. Uh, I guess most people have heard of me through 
the uh, talk show I used to do at Riot Games called All Chat, and then I moved into doing stuff with uh, Offline TV. Uh, and now I, uh, I'm a retired streamer streaming MMORPG of Final Fantasy XIV mostly these days. <laughs> um, and I do anime content, and I'm known also for doing uh, K-pop dance covers and stuff. So uh, anime, video games, K-pop, uh, all that jazz. So awesome. Um, that's me. And uh, I guess uh, we were supposed to talk a little bit about our like takeaways from last session and sure. just that. Uh, it's a great transition. It's a uh, it's uh, hard <laughs> to be in a group uh, setting. We're talking about kind of like our boundaries a little bit. Uh, one of the notes that I wrote was just like, you know, talking about, um, you know, ambiguity. And I think it's one of those things that we do um, to be kind of conscious of others to not like, you know, over detailed and over dump things onto people. So we uh, kind of go to being ambiguous as kind of like protection from that. So um yeah so yeah that was uh one of the takeaways awesome thanks Sal. so I, I think that's a great uh chance to transition so i'm kind of curious like what was last week like for y'all uh awkward scary <laughs> i was i, I was terrified <laughs> yeah, I, I mean i, I, I it. built it up in my head for weeks so sorry <laughs> okay so awkward. i mean yeah Ruby, I agree with you though. I also enjoyed it. Like it was hand, the awkwardness and the enjoyment of it goes hand in hand. I felt a lot better like about thirty minutes in, I think. Which I mean, I've probably heard that before. That was a yeah. That was a sex joke. Sorry. Really sure what to expect going in. Um, I didn't really feel awkward at all. I know I was silent for most of it, but I think that's just me. I like to kind of sit back and listen more and then you know engage whenever people want to talk about certain things or i feel like i have something to contribute to a topic yeah and so remind me again who's responsible for making sure that everyone is participating well enough everybody yes but me the most right <laughs> you have yeah. a little bit more a little bit more height in that yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I'm, I'm going to share that responsibility with y'all. So I, I appreciate Kathy sort of also bringing up that, you know, acknowledging as the whole group noticed. And by the way, y'all did really well, because sometimes it usually takes weeks for people to really like notice that some people are more naturally quiet. It's not necessarily shyness or things like that. And especially in a group setting, sometimes people are really vibing, right? And they're like saying things that feel really important. So we don't want to interrupt that flow, especially if we don't have something to add, which is totally fine. So other things that y'all kind of took away, so it was kind of awkward. What, did y'all feel like you learned anything? Yeah, Ruby? Um, I got a really lovely long voice note, and I was going to tell Metric before he suddenly wished us onto stream, but it's probably a really good thing for stream. Um, I got a really lovely long voice note from a good friend of mine who is also a streamer. I won't name them. Um, just saying how much they appreciated Metric's story about streaming and representation and um yeah how much that meant to them and how important it was and so i took away from that how you don't realize your story or your little thing that you think is unimportant can really reach someone that you have no idea who is listening and make them feel less alone or 
make them feel more confident or, you know, just change their day. So, yeah. That really means a lot. That, um, that, that, that probably made my week. <laughs> so thank you. That's holy crap. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's cool. If you want to know who it was, I can ask them if they would like to talk. To if they you. ever want to reach out, I am, yeah. I'm always available. So. I'll ask them. Thanks. Thank you. Okay, so wow. we're, we're going to learn our skill for the day, and I forgot to mention that in the intro. But one of the skills that we're going to focus on is noticing. So we cultivate all kinds of actionable skills, right? So one of the things that... So prior to becoming a doctor and becoming a streamer and all that stuff, I spent a few years studying to become a monk in India. And one of the things that they teach is that awareness and noticing is actually a skill. And in the West, we generally think about skills as actions, as opposed to things that involve our sensory organs. We sort of know this like somewhat, right? So even if you're playing video games, for example, there's like certain sixth senses or awareness that you develop. I'm always going to be looking at the minimap. Um, we know obviously that people in particular fields are become good listeners. We also know that chefs, for example, will refine their palate. So I'm going to ask y'all, what did y'all notice about Ruby? I would say, even if she's soft-spoken, she's very deliberate. There's no wasted words. There's no wasted time. And she's careful um, in what she says and how she says it. So that it has its like maximum impact. Mm -hmm. So, whereas like I could babble on and on and I'm doing it right now. Okay. There's like a lot of uh, <laughs> like it's like a combination of uh, like cautiousness and intentionality that kind of like blends well together with how Ruby communicates. I think. Okay. Anyone notice? I think. Oh. Go ahead. I think Ruby's very empathetic. Um, I feel like when you were introducing yourself last week, you were talking a lot about emotions, and you kind of understood that about yourself and then also like kind of bringing up your your friend's story in relation to metric um i think that shows great empathy from you and what did yeah. you go ahead zell i guess we're taking oh turns. i mean because i i felt like i was the last one out <laughs> so i uh, <laughs> i just uh my impression was just yeah kind of similar to zerg girl there like empathetic and very open um like emotionally very warm to, uh and inviting to people you know kind of sharing your own story and experiences and i think you know again when uh dr k last week asked a question or you know asked for questions like ruby was not hesitant in you know opening up for you know situations that i think a lot of people would find themselves uncomfortable, and I think that's an admirable trait. So, yeah. So I guess everything that we noticed was very complimentary. Right? What do y'all think about that? I mean, part of it, I think, is uh, that's our courteousness as people, right? And I think we we don't want to <laughs> attempt to offend each other, you know, uh, especially this early on. So I think, like... You know, not saying that like I think badly on anybody or I'm judgmental yeah. or anything, but I think just in general, that's just how people trend in social situations that, you know, are 
haven't been defined yet. Like we haven't really figured out our boundaries yet. And so this is part of that like boundary setting, I think. Yeah. If she if she has bodies like cut up in her freezer, we don't know. So <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this is what makes this fun. So so uh, excellent, excellent points by everybody, right? So obviously like when I'm saying, oh, like we all complimented her, in the back of my mind, I don't have some kind of criticism that I'm asking for people to guess, right? There's not, because I, I agree with all y'all. I mean, I think for the most part, we're going to be very, very supportive. And at the same time, we also want to notice what we, we're doing. Right. And as Zell said, it's kind of like boundaries. Like when you're like, oh, like, let's all, let's all talk. Let's all take turns talking about Zell. And then everyone's going to be like, oh, Zell is so great. And Zell is this and Zell is that, which is awesome. Right. So we want to be positive. And also we want to just be aware of what we're doing, that this is still the early stage. And at some point, if our real goal here is to help each other, right, if we want to be authentic and compassionate, we also may want to at some point challenge people a little bit or notice things like so the thing is y'all all started staying stuff what i noticed was that ruby was at the edge of tears and i don't know if y'all and yeah. and i think people were interpreting that as empathy but like what i was struck by is she's very thoughtful she's you know clear she's an awesome asmr streamer right because of her words and her her deliberateness um she's very well spoken and now i i mentioned tears and and it's like, did I just fuck up? I no, I cried on stream today. I'm um I'm having a really like it's something with my ADHD, like my emotional dysregulation. Sometimes I'm just super emotional and then other times I can just deal with it. Mm -hmm. And yeah, like today I've just been like that. <laughs> yeah. You didn't mess up anything. It's just me. Yeah, so so now I kind of feel like I messed up even more because I commented <laughs> on it and now she's tearful. But this is exactly why we notice because now what has Ruby now shared with us? It's kind of like she's uh, opened up, I guess, like, like she's being more vulnerable. And I think that's very powerful, you know, with like being open about her, uh, you know, emotions and everything. Yeah. And so how did we get there? What Maybe happened when cry. we cry? That's how you got there. <laughs> <I'm kidding. laughs> it, you know, if I had said, oh, Ruby is amazing and she's wonderful. I believe all those things. Right. So I, I when we compliment people, what happens? We feel. So I, I, I what I'm kind of noticing is that like as we compliment people, there's such a positive energy. Right? And it's like, yeah, like, oh my God, like, uh. And then the interesting thing is that when people have tears, so the way I interpreted that is like, wow, that must have been one hell of a voice message. And that like, you know, she was summarizing it, but I'm guessing that the, the voice message was really, really heartfelt. This person was really impacted and, and Metric's story really resonated with someone. And like, Ruby was witness to that and also maybe there's more to it maybe we shouldn't assume that the tears are just empathy and joy and stuff like that right 
So this is where we're kind of combining noticing and digging into ambiguity. We're not necessarily, we're going to get to this in a second. We're going to teach you all how to talk. But so now people are kind of wondering, okay, Ruby's sort of saying like she's having maybe not the best week. And like, now what do we do? How do we respect the boundary of like privacy versus trying to be compassionate? Is that where people are? Like, what do we do with this now? Yes? No? What do people think? Am I making things really awkward too fast? I mean, I think part of it, though, was also that Ruby sort of mentioned that, like, this is her, you know, condition and this is, like, how she, you know, sometimes things just happen. And so she's kind of, like, establishing that, like, her tears aren't necessarily the fault of what you had said and that, like, you know, uh, like, it puts the onus back on her, I guess, versus us in that, like, we, she's reaffirming that we are not hurting her in, mm -hmm. in what we had said. And I think that too is like a, another boundary setting sort of thing. Um, so mm -hmm. if anything, I feel more like Ruby's saying, no, you're good. Keep going. You, you know, like, like this is, this is our time to continue to, you know, talk about things and don't worry too much is kind of like how I took it. And what is Ruby telling us now? Yeah, I'm fine. Right? <laughs> I'm absolutely fine. I've just, I've, I've had one of those days, like, I care about things a lot. And I care about people a lot. And then it just takes, sometimes, if I'm caught on one of those off days, where maybe I've been a little more overwhelmed, and I found like, the day a little harder to get into. I've actually had a really good day. And like, yeah, it just takes one small thing. So, like, then I cried earlier on stream because someone said something. And then I've gone and, like, worked out for an hour. And then I've come here. And, you know, I'm just tired now. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's it. <laughs> it sounds like a really full day. Like, yeah, physically taxing, emotionally taxing. Not necessarily in a bad way. So now we've kind of got a fork in the road. We can talk a little bit about, you know... Uh, homework and kind of what we discussed last week sort of formally open up a topic of discussion or we can sort of focus a little bit on some of the themes that Ruby is bringing forward like how do you as a content creator manage good days versus bad days versus full days talking about taxing days what do you all want to do do you all want to kind of talk a little bit about homework and stuff or sort of focus on because we had proposed a couple of topics for this week um, good days and bad days definitely was like the theme of my last seven days uh, because, I mean, there were some days where I just was not awake or I couldn't talk or couldn't swallow, you know, food without utter pain. I lost my sense of smell for a while, which was fun. Um, and uh, I couldn't stream. So that was also like really frustrating. Um because basically this month for me between like seeing my parents for a week and then getting sick from them and then just being sick for the rest of the month, this whole month has been a wash. Um, not to say I'm not grateful for the streams I've been able to do, but like you don't want to take that much time off if, if you're regularly creating content and... Um, 
Like, even last night, I tried two-point campus for the first time, and I broke the game in two hours. And I made the game give me infinite money without really trying, and it wasn't fun anymore. And, like, I'm not bragging. It's like, it's like I literally was like, how did they make this game and not notice that I could f break this? Like, all I did was have the game pay me to take loans and then pay other loans. And then it's almost like real business. But... There's, there's social commentary there somewhere. Um, but I was so frustrated because I was really excited for this game. And then... Uh, I, I, I guess, like, I had to sit back and think about, like, what is there to be grateful for in all of it? And it was all the people who still, like, wanted to hang out despite that and wanted to see me despite you know all the days that i took off because one of the things that like when you're sick or you can't stream or anything like that or if something happens i think like every streamer is kind of familiar with being told take as much time as you need but like we don't get sick days we don't get uh pto we don't get anything like that like that's it's 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 a really nice platitude but and I know that like anyone who tells you that doesn't mean it sarcastically or, or thoughtlessly or anything like that. They mean it in the best way possible. But we we can't take as much time as we want to. It's sort of like, you know, if you're sick at a at a at a normal job, like people don't tell you take as much time as you want to. At a certain point, it doesn't work, right? So um I I don't know, like, this This week was kind of just making me feel like, well, I have all these people who still stick by me no matter what, um, and even if I have a rough month like this, like, they've given me the confidence to know that, like, I can bounce back, so... I kind of, so kind of jumping off of what Metric was saying and relating it to actually our homework, like, I think... Just the general theme, I think, when it comes to content creation is just every action has a opportunity cost. Um, and that's how it relates to our homework, right? Is that, like, if we are being our authentic selves, what is the cost of that? If we are just focused on our metrics, what is the cost of that? Uh, if we are focused on our health, what is the cost of that, you know, in, in metrics case? Like, uh, if we take time off for ourselves, for our mental health, what is the cost? Of, uh, like, I think the easy trap mentally when you're a content creator is like you're trying to eke out uh, and maximize each possible moment. Like uh, a couple of my friends would always say uh, as a content creator, it's all about your ABCs, always be contenting. And like you start to uh, figure out like literally how to maximize each and everything that you do. It's like, okay, well, I'm going to make a Twitch stream and I'm going to make a YouTube video out of it. And I'm going to take the clips and put it on TikTok and Instagram. I'm going to take pictures, you know, like, everything you're trying to maximize always and uh and like it goes in so many different um different ways too not just like in your uh just how you make content it's like what content do you make uh and then yeah i, I don't know so like to me actually like all these things sound related under the kind of umbrella of opportunity cost for content creators um so personally speaking like i think i like yeah i don't know that's that's how i see it um, can I speak? Um, so you're saying about that always 
be content creating. That made me laugh. Um, so last year when I got my ADHD diagnosis, I kind of like quit creating so much content. Um, I kind of just, I needed a time out after being diagnosed. Um, and Twitch stream was my main focus. Like you can stop making YouTube videos. You can stop posting on Instagram for a bit, but if you stop streaming, I think that people notice like quicker and it will, it falls down faster, you know, than other platforms. Um, and so when I got diagnosed, I kind of like everything really hit me because I'm very, like, I don't know how to describe this, but I'm very ADHD. And everything I've done in my life has been to not be ADHD, if you get what I mean. Like, everything I've done in my life, like meditation and everything I've found to help myself has been to not act or, like, to counterbalance my ADHD. Um, but the only thing that was, like, feeding it was content creation. Like, there was this, like, it was like I was on a hamster wheel. Like, if I could make a TikTok every day. So this is what I was doing in a week. I was doing four Twitch streams, three TikTok streams, two YouTube videos, a TikTok every day, uploading on Instagram, like, every day. Then I started running another Instagram and uploading reels on there every day. And then thinking about what Twitter content I can put out, what clips I can take from stream. And I had that all, like, down to an art. I would get up in the morning, I would edit, I would record, I would edit, I would stream. I would post, I would still be doing uh, community nights on my Discord once a month. I would be doing all of that. And then I got diagnosed and just kind of felt like I went like this. And just let it all go. Just throw the <laughs> it, papers I, everywhere. Yeah, like. that's what it felt like. I just went, <laughs> I, I relate to that so can't hard. can't do this anymore. Yeah, me too, me too. Yeah. And it was kind of like a, a weird relief um and i focused on stream and i focused on myself even more i realized that everything i knew up until that point about myself i kind of had to relearn in a way because now i knew why why i did that thing why i reacted like that why i i kind of had to reconfigure myself and um, I'm slowly getting back into it now, like, but I don't want to be doing that again. That was like, I was chasing some kind of hamster wheel. That was burnout. That was like, my eyes were always dry. Like, I was in physical pain every day because I just felt like I had to keep on going. And, um, I don't want that again, but I also know I need to, I say I need to. I don't need to do anything. I want to create good content that comes from my heart and a good place. See, look, tears are coming back again because I'm just having an emotional day. And when I talk about stuff, like my, I the water just comes out my eyes. So ignore it. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I realized that 
by sharing and talking about, I've told all of my community about this and I put posts out and the outpouring of love I got back from just being honest was larger than any response I've ever got from a video that took me weeks and I stayed up till midnight making and didn't get any sleep and then it didn't do as well as I wanted it to do and like I'm not saying it's for everyone to just put yourself out there and talk about how you're feeling and what's going on um but yeah the the reaction was good and it was scary I don't know what I was so scared about um and yeah that's what I wanted to share <laughs> I, so I, I don't want to dominate the conversation but it's fun and I also don't want to come off the wrong way here as well so two caveats right away um, but I, I was sort of, sort of in a very similar situation where I was overworking myself and, you know, the always be contenting thing. Like, you know, I was, uh, and this also relates to Zerg Girl too, because I was working my full-time job at Riot Games. In between meetings, I'm checking offline TV stuff to figure out what we're going to do and checking editing. I would go to the gym after I was done working, and then I'd go to my K-pop dance uh, practice. And then I'd go home and stream for a couple hours, and then I would stay up till 4 a.m. to edit my daily vlogs videos that I was doing. And then I would wake up at 9am to start it all over again, you know, so like, I and I did that. Uh, and it eventually got to a point where I was like, I can't do all these things. So I ended up leaving Riot and thinking that I would do uh, just all content creation. And then COVID happened. And then I, I got to that point where I was like, screw it, I can't do this anymore. And, uh, and I just completely like I lost it felt like my entire momentum that I had built up with my productivity because I had it all down to a system. And once I pulled a piece from that system to, for me personally, it all came down crumbling. I became like a, a just, instead of being a content creator who was addicted to video games and stuff, I was just the guy who was addicted to video games. And then, so I stopped making content and all that. And like three years now, you know, it's been three whole years since the start of COVID and like my fallout there. And I look back and not gonna lie, like I kind of regret it. Like I kind of regret falling off the horse because it's been so hard to go back onto the So this is, yeah, I'm just kind of sharing it just because I have such a, I, I have a kind of a different viewpoint. And like, I, and this is like the, it's like the fear of content creator God kind of came back into me where I was like, damn, if I, if I lose momentum like that, like I could really lose everything. And like, I struggle with that now, which is that like, I'm now kind of a has-been content creator, and now how do I work up to that point to where I was again has been something that was like very is is like very scary in the back of my mind. And like again, it's like that. I think every content creator fears that God of like what happens if you stop creating, and like what if you like stop do you know like working at this? So like. Anyways, like the fear like, of like the fear of ir irrelevancy almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like because yeah. like as a content creator, you know how lucky you are to have the audience that you have. You know Absolutely. how hard it is and how difficult it was for and how even though you worked hard, how fortunate that we are in the position position that we are. And so there's just a lot of fear and anxiety about losing that, right? And so like I've... for me, it was reaffirming that. So, anyways, continue. Yeah. No, no. So <laughs> Go ahead, you Ruby. literally said it. I was gonna say. 
did you really enjoy it or was it just the anxiety that kept you going? Because for me, it was fear and anxiety. I wasn't doing something that I loved anymore. I... Like, and, and when I threw it away, I didn't throw it away. I'm just changing my perspective. Yeah, no, I think that's totally valid. Um, I think for me, and this is this is my own demon, right? And that like, I've always been someone who pressures themselves constantly to like push, push, push. Like, um, like as a like as a kid, like this is now we're going to the life story of Zell now. But uh, like historically, just like growing up, like I was always just like pushed to perform, and I think that's just something that I've took with me and so like when i was super productive yes it was tiring but it was like i was also putting out good work and i felt really good about it and you know that was sustaining and so like yeah i don't know it's it's a different perspective right because i i i think there was part of it of this anxiety that's probably part of what drives me as a person and to continue to perform is just like this like learned behavior that i've took with me throughout my life but at the same time the 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 results of that anxiety also pushed me to do better as a content creator to create things that like I could be proud of because I think part in in part with creation I think there is just has to be a little bit of anxiety about your creation because if you don't have any anxiety about what you're creating then like how can you how can you like see the quality of your own work if if you don't actually assign any value to it so like that's that's just my perspective on that, but that's that's it's, where I'm coming it's interesting. from. Interesting, <laughs> and I get I kind of get where you're coming from as well because I come from a performing arts background. I was like a stage school kid, like royal ballet and stuff when I was a kid, and so I kind of get that pressure. But I've kind of unwound that and dis like it but that's a whole therapy session <laughs> yeah so let's let's pause for a second let's just kind of notice what's happening here so a lot of people are sharing i think some themes are coming forward definitely a couple of teaching topics we can touch on but let's kind of i'm gonna point out that we haven't heard as much from kathy or smirky today and that's okay. Not everyone has to participate the same amount. And at the same time, I want to give them an opportunity because I'm wondering if, especially like, I'm thinking a little bit about, you know, Smirky being heavily invested in a game that isn't quite as popular um, now. Mm -hmm. I'm sort of also noticing that Kathy may resonate a lot with working at a gaming company and also trying to balance that with being a content creator. I'm kind of curious, do, do either of y'all want to kind of chime in with, with, kind of your perspective or things that resonate with you or things you're curious about? Uh, I've wanted to chime in, but I also want to give people space to say what is on their minds. So I wasn't going to like, you know, no, you're no, 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 no. You don't have to be sorry. It's totally fine. You know, I love listening to everything and I'm just like digesting everything. Um, and I, I could relate in the sense of like having, like I just graduated college and I was like busy with school, like throughout most of my content creation, you know, journey. I've, it's always been streaming and school. And, uh, I would always have to like, I was very heavily involved with like all these organizations. I did, you know, the thing that people tell you not to do is, which is to like 
not learn how to say no to things. You always say yes. And you just like, you add one thing onto the plate, then you add another thing onto the plate and another thing. And before I knew it, I was like super busy and I couldn't really keep like a consistent schedule or anything. So it was a little uh, difficult to kind of like deal with that. And uh, I also kind of felt like, you know, uh, it was impacting like my system of what I had just like like I've, I've always had like doubts and thoughts in my mind, like, wow, like, you know, like, yes, we have a great community and I feel like, uh, you know, there's this feeling that's like, you know, it, it could be more, I guess, uh, um, not sustained, but like, it could be more built together, I guess, like it could be more intact, but it feels a little like loose and it feels like I have to put in so much work just to like, make sure that, you know, I'm putting the pieces back together of this puzzle to make sure it's like a, you know, strong, tight knit family almost, I guess, if, if that makes any sort of sense. Um, I, yeah, so I can definitely uh, relate to that for sure. And like, definitely have gone through so many periods of burnout as well. Um, and just having to like, I, I very recently, I like would take several like, weeks off of like, streaming just for my own like, mental health and you know, making sure that like, uh, I'm in a all right place. And even nowadays, I'm like, being, con being conscious of like, hey, this is time that I need off, but like, making sure that I like set aside a good amount of time that's comfortable for me to like, take the time that I need away from stream. And then also, it's like, well, now you're like, doing all these other things like emails, or you're thinking about your next video idea when you should probably be like backing off just a little bit more and like actually taking time for yourself, taking care of yourself. Uh, one of those things where it's like always preaching how like, hey, you, you should take care of yourself. And then like not following through on your own words. Uh, I'm definitely someone who does that a lot. <laughs> um, I don't know, those are some thoughts that come out of my mind uh, in the midst of listening to all of this. Me, personally, I feel like I can't really relate, which is why I was not able to chime in with any anecdotes or whatnot. I really respect your all of your work ethics. I think that's amazing. Uh, I guess my approach towards streaming was just like, you know, I'm going to bring up Zell's acronym ABC, but always be chilling. Like, you guys do a lot of work with editing your videos, um, pushing out stuff on different platforms and whatnot. The way I approach uh, my own content creation and streaming is just, I'm just kind of laddering and presenting my authentic self. Uh, so that's probably like, to me, I always think like, oh, I'm, I'm kind of like lazy about this. I'm not really, you know, um, manufacturing something, I guess. So that's how I kind of cope with not burning out and also working. Like, you know, I make sure I eat healthy, I get good exercise, make sure I have like a decent social support system. But um, yeah, that's why I couldn't really relate to that because I don't do the, I don't put out the amount of work that you guys put into and your content. That's, I think that's totally okay. Um, because there's this like, I, I don't know, y'all can correct me if I'm wrong, but there, I feel like there's kind of like a standard or misconception that like, uh, like we always have to be working all the time. Like content, like yes, content creators do put in so much work into their craft. Um, 
but that doesn't necessarily encompass every single content creator. Um, I certainly have had moments where like, yeah, maybe I could be doing a lot more, but here I am just being complacent with like just streaming every now and then and not really doing anything else and just letting my YouTube channel that I used to do stuff on just kind of sit there and not really making any progress with that. But honestly, just, you know, being okay with that as well. Uh, just like, you know what, it's, it's, you know, can't do everything at once, you know, having to make sure that, um, you know, I do what I can, but if I can't do something, that's, that's totally okay too. Um, when it comes to work ethics, like there's an ideal me and the ideal me is a shark. Um, sh like, a, to me, like a typical shark is always swimming. It's always going forward. It's moving on to the next meal. And then like, when I get bogged down, which has been more often than usual, especially in the last couple of years of living like a hermit, I feel like one of those crabs or whatever that just hides under the sand and just waits for something to come along. And like, I'm, I'm not, that's not my ideal me. Um, and I feel lazy or like, I keep, like it might be rest or, or something that I actually do need, but I don't regard it as such. And then I just feel really guilty about that. Um, and it, I, I mean, in the, in the topic of like has beenism, if that's a thing, if we can use that word, like, I feel like I fell off a while ago cause it's not just like numbers or anything like that. It's the amount of people who you felt like were peers. And then all of a sudden one day they don't really talk to you anymore. And you're like, what, what happened? You know, like, I guess, I guess those numbers that I was putting out, um, they, they don't make me, uh, as attractive to hang out with anymore or something like, and I always, I always wonder about that because like there's this weird social circle to success on Twitch, um, or at least in content creation in general, where like, you know, metric who, and like, that's the thing that's sitting in the back of my head all the time is metric who, um, where like two years ago, I, I I just thought like, oh man, I cannot wait. Like, they gonna know me, and I mean, I don't even know me anymore. So, <laughs> so let's pause for a second. What are we getting out of this? We're talking about our experiences. You know, this is like. Ruby's like, yeah, I, I like it's a it's a perspective shift. Hamster wheels. Um, what we kind of call it in our content creator coaching program is the feeling that the sand and the hourglass is running out right while you're on top. And we're talking about all of our experiences. We have different experiences. Some people feel this. There's some stuff that we're resonating on. Some stuff is a little bit. But like, what's is this going to help y'all? I, th I think it is for from my own perspective um and i mean maybe someone has a different perspective you know and that's totally cool i i think for i think for me um uh like one thing that i've really wanted to do more of is not simply just like oh hey let's work on this collaboration with said other creator but like actually getting to like sit down and like hear the stories and experiences from others to open up dialogue and just kind of like I don't know, just kind of like open up a book and essentially like um, in, indulge in like each other's experiences where, you know, then we start noticing more like, hey, I resonate with this or I 
uh, I feel, you know, you know, I have feedback on this or I don't know. Um, it, it, it's definitely really great to just like, um, have these conversations cause you're like, Hey, I'm not alone. Like this is, you know, th these are struggles that other people are going through things like that. Um, and I see Ruby has something they want to say, so I'm going to pass it no, on. No, it's fine. Yeah, carry no, on you're talking. Okay. I'm trying it. to restrict my hand. I'm literally trying to put it down. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done. You go. You got this. I, f I feel like it relates to the homework about authenticity and content creation and numbers. Um, where does that balance lie? Um, Zergo actually said the words that she's not trying to manufacture something. Um, and she's just chilling and just being herself, which is like the best. But it's also, and I'm not criticizing your words, but it's, we all do it. We're trying to, we are trying to manufacture something or it's that feeling that we are trying to create something. And what are we trying to create it for? What's the outcome? Are we feeding our own egos? Are we trying to fill our own, like, for me, like, I think part of it was realizing that I was just on this dopamine train. And the more work I put in, the more results I saw back. But were they really the results that actually truly resonated with me and what I wanted my content to be and the message that I want to create? Or was I following and focusing on what's trending what's gonna get clicks what's am i am i taking myself like when you get on that hamster wheel you don't have the time to breathe and focus on what actually you're creating you're just putting it out there and does it have like not everything has to be that deep i know okay ruby but for me <laughs> with the content i'm creating it does have to be a little bit deep. Uh, it does, like, for me to feel fulfilled, um, what makes me happy is genuinely making other people's, like, feel happy. Um, I, I like people being happy. I like, you know, and that's what my aim of my content was. But had that shifted and was I just trying to make myself happy? And I, it's finding that balance between likes and knowing that those likes are human beings that chose to come and click on your content and they resonated with something i would much rather get like 10 decent comments on a youtube video where people want to share something because that video connected with them in a certain way than a hundred comments of people talking about my appearance and my looks mm. um and i think that's where that perspective shift happened for me. I'm going to chime in a little bit here, but so kind of to go back to what Dr. K kind of asked, like, I think you guys are all awesome. And I think these shared experiences are really interesting. And I would love to like one-on-one -on -one talk with you about my experiences and hear your guys' stories and how we relate. But as it relates to like actionable things that I could learn to take away, like if, if, if the if the rest of these sessions were all of us just kind of sharing our experiences and we we nod at each other and we go hmm okay yeah that is interesting okay but that doesn't quite you know some some of it relates some of it doesn't and then I would go home and then I think about it and then I don't think I would have changed as a person uh, after these uh, things as much like I would kind of understand that uh, some of the things I'm going through are how other people but like 
you know, the step that I would want to take to the next thing is like, okay, we have these shared experiences or sometimes we don't, but like, what is like the missing thing that helps us? Cause like, from my perspective, I don't even know, like, obviously this is, this, this sounds like a dumb thing to say, but like, I don't know what helps me. And I don't know if talking about our experiences just kind of blindly and shooting in the dark and hoping that someone relates is actually a step in towards like helping me understand what I need to help myself, you know? Uh, and, but that said, like, again, like I was saying before, like, I would love to talk to you guys about your experiences because I think it's fascinating. And I think it's interesting because we clearly have very different values in how we look at things. And I think that is one, it's valid that like, you know, for example, like, Maybe Zerg Girl doesn't feel that uh, the sands in the hourglass as much as like someone like I do, uh, and I think that's really interesting. And I would love to know more about that. Um, but yeah, I don't. I, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I just kind of rambled there. Yeah. So I'm I'm glad you said that, Zell. So I'm, I'm I appreciate everyone's experiences. So let's understand a little bit about what my goals are. So I'm gonna offer some direction to the group. Y'all can actually veto it if you want to. Okay. So let's understand a little bit about science of sharing and success. So we know, for example, that if you take a group of patients who struggle with chronic pain, that if you get them in a group and they talk about their pain, that their pain generally feels better. So there's like a quality of life improvement. Sometimes you'll get some mild amount of functional improvement. But we also know that if you've got patients with chronic pain, there is a value to shared experience there is a value to resonating with people. But in our experience, sharing experience is just the beginning. And you can manufacture or extract more value out of these things if you take it a couple of steps forward. Now, I'm not saying that we have to necessarily do that. That's what I'm going to try to do if y'all are okay with that. But essentially, like, so we share a bunch of these experiences, and, and then what? So there's, there's actually a value yeah. to that. So we know as human beings that sharing is sufficient for attaining some amount of value. What I've seen a lot, and this, this sort of starts with my kind of experience as a psychiatrist, is that, like, I would get patients come into my office, and we'd, like, talk about their feelings. And, like, oh, you know, like, I got dumped by my, my significant other, and it hurts. And it's like, oh, yeah, that's bad. Let's talk about it. Okay, okay. After a while, they feel better. They start dating again. They get dumped again. And they're like, oh, God, it hurts. It's the second time it's happened. Oh, yeah, I'm so sorry for you. That must hurt. Yeah, it's so bad. Start dating again. They get dumped again. It's like, I don't know why this keeps happening. And it's like, at some point, it's like, well, maybe we can actually answer that question. It's not. I was starting to feel attacked there. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get there, Metric. <laughs> Pace yourself, buddy. Um, so, so now what I'd, I'd like to do is just sort of share what I'm kind of hearing from y'all. So what, the first thing is that each and every one of you has adapted to this core problem of, I'm going to call it the hamster wheel, or I'm not going to, y'all call it the hamster wheel. So here's the thing about being a content creator. So we're talking about like, you know, wellness and taking time off and things like that. But the undercurrent that people have sort of suggested is like, you know, Ruby's like, I'm satisfied with 10 comments that are in the right direction rather than 100 comments that are in the wrong direction. We can all resonate with that. But the question that I've got is, can you get 100 comments in the right direction? Why does it have to be 10 comments in the right direction or 100 comments in the wrong direction? 
right? And, and like in terms of manufacturing content, I love that word as well, like because I, I think that there's a certain grind to it, right? And we sort of have this idea that the more that we grind, the more successful we are. And here's Metric kind of saying like, oh, like everyone's like, oh, take a day off, Metric. Like, it's okay. You got COVID. You don't have to stream. But then if you take a day off or you take two days off or three days off or five days off or eight days off or 14 days off or 17 days off, at some point it becomes hard to come back from that. So as a scientist, I know this sounds kind of weird, but is there a certain amount of time off that you can take as a content creator? And the answer is yes. There, there actually is. Right? So, like, we can actually study this. And we can decide that, okay, taking a one-week break, everyone is going to be back once you start streaming again. You take a month-long break, and, like, some people may have sloughed off. They may have moved on to other things. You take a year-long break, and depending on how you come back, everyone comes rushing back. So how do we balance, okay, like, you know, Ruby like laid out and I think you did a fantastic job of laying it out. And I think everyone sort of struggled with this. It's like X number of Twitch days, YouTube videos, editing, TikToks, Instagram number one, clips channel, VODs channel, you know, like this kind of thing, shorts, this like one month, one night a month on Discord, it becomes an absolute grind. And does, does, do each and every one of those things actually correlate with growth as a content creator? Because I, I think this is where, where things get kind of tricky because, like, y'all are content creators, right? And, and we've also got Kathy's perspective, which is completely valid and sometimes will actually help content creators get to this point where they realize, I love creating content, but I don't want it to be my primary source of income because the price that I pay to be able to pay my rent to succeed in content creation, where I think, unfortunately, we live in a world where if Ruby did go in the other direction, she'd probably make more money. Right? And that's the challenge as a content creator. You can jump on a trend, be on inauthentic with yourself, and get that sweet, sweet growth. And so as a content creator, how, much do you, how do you decide what's right for you? How much do I be on the hamster wheel? When am I allowed to take a break? You know, is it okay to take PTO or pay time? I mean, we don't get PTO as content creators, but, you know, is it okay to take time off? And the other thing that I'd love to share with y'all, because I, I know it sounds kind of weird, but we may think like, oh my God, like these things don't have real answers. I, it's BS. They do have real answers. There's actually data about this stuff. It's just, we live in an industry where we don't have those numbers. Right? People know that there's a certain amount of ideal. It's something we do well in medicine, where we're like, we're like really clear. Like if I prescribe you a statin drug, I know what percentage of cholesterol, what percentage of people will get a certain benefit on their cholesterol number going down. We're like really good about data. And in terms of content creation, I think the problem is that we don't tend to pool data, right? So like Twitch may know particular things. YouTube may know particular things. They may push particular kinds of content, et cetera. But as a content creator, how do I decide what is like the right level? Like, how do I achieve optimal growth without sacrificing myself? And this is where, uh, you know, I, I've sort of seen both sides where on the one side, like I'm all for wellness and, you know, I'm a yoga teacher and meditator and stuff. And I'm all for reframing and like putting yourself first. But a lot of the clients that I've worked with are like, I'm not willing to put myself first if it costs me my success. 
there's sometimes when I'm hearing from all of you and everyone has kind of decided on their own kind of balance, which is good, is that there's like, how much do you want to pay to be successful? And what I heard from Ruby is she used to pay a lot and she decided it ain't worth it. And it's my belief that actually we don't have to pay as high of a cost as we think we do. It's about really understanding, like, what's the equation? Because our basically general conclusion, having worked with over 400 content creators now, is that the best way to make content is to be, like, authentic and energetic. The problem is that, and there's a certain numbers game to it. So there's, like, a minimum amount of, like, numbers game, but that there's diminishing returns with, like, more stuff. And then there's certain kinds of what I would call like polluting fuel, like I call it dirty fuel or dirty energy that you can use to continue to excel. So being driven by anxiety, being driven by fear. So we call this internally the sand in the hourglass is running out. So we work with a lot of content creators who feel like, you know, sometimes they'll like blow up, right? Or they'll see like a thousand more viewers or they, you know, they've doubled their viewers. And now they feel like they have to ride the wave. And then the 1,000 viewers becomes 1,100 and 1,200 and 1,300 and 1,400 and 1,500. Now they're riding the wave for five months, six months. And then like, how do I stop? Like, how do I take a break? Like, I can't take a break. I'm so tired. But things are popping off. And like, I don't know how to say no. So as a content creator, and what I'm hearing from Zell is like, yeah, like all this, uh, you know, all this like put yourself first and take care of yourself and don't burn out is great and all. But... I kind of regret it. I kind of regret that I didn't continue to grind because now that I've fallen off, I don't know how to get back. Or do I have to grind? Or like, what is the formula for success? And so it's my belief that there, there is actually a formula for success. It's my belief that we can learn particular skills which allow us to work but not at the cost of ourselves. That we can manage our emotions in a particular way, that we can continue to make content on a daily or weekly basis, and we can even be exhausted by it, but that we're not fueled by the wrong things. Because thankfully at this point, we do have a lot of science on what burns people out. Number one cause of burnout is not the amount of work that you do, not the reward that you get, but the relationship between the two. So when you work really hard and you don't see a benefit, it causes people to burn out. The challenge is when I work really hard and I'm not seeing a benefit, what do I do? What do y'all think? Work harder. Absolutely. Do. Double down. Right? It almost becomes something like the gambler's fallacy, where it's like, I lost some money, like now I got to get it back. Because as things start going, I see Zell furiously taking notes. This is the part that Zell has been waiting for. <laughs> uh, yeah, Zell, we'll, we'll give you out. lots of data. Don't worry, bro. You can, by all means, take notes. Um, I'm, I, I, it just helps me there, think. I, I, was, I, I was not trying to embarrass you. I was trying to applaud you and just appreciate <laughs> that everyone in this group is different, which is exactly why we have y'all here. Right? So 
what we're going to try to do is, first of all, it's good to share all these experiences. It's good to have some of these, like, you know, different comparisons and stuff like that. That's all healthy and good. And at the end of the day, what I would like to do is help y'all, first of all, be authentic. Because I think what we're seeing on the internet is things were getting really clickbaity for a while. Yeah. And how do y'all feel about clickbait? I feel scammed. <laughs> <laughs> well said. It's like, on one hand, I'm like happy that it brings some kind of success to someone because I like seeing people succeed. And on the other hand, you know, I just think to myself about like the, I guess, ingenuity or inauthenticity that is more than likely behind it. Um, and I wonder like if deep down that's like something that, you know, said person is like truly satisfied with or I don't know. I, I, I wonder these things. So, so here's the thing with clickbait. It gives us dopamine. But our higher mm -hmm. order brain functions recognize we're being scammed. And so there's a hunger. Yeah. This is what I'm noticing. So if you look at like content trends on the internet, they're kind of like swinging. And I think people are really valuing authenticity on the internet in a way that they didn't used to. Case in point, like we opened up the session and Ruby was like, I got this really heartfelt message because the internet is becoming a cheap place. And there's a group of people, and this group is growing, and I think it's actually like the majority, and yet we're still a little bit addicted to the dopaminergic cycle of clicking on things and stuff like that. So it's not that clickbait isn't effective, but I think part of what makes people successful on Twitch is that creators tend to be like pretty authentic. So this is not, if you look at like celebrities and like Twitch streamers or certain kinds of content creators, there's a certain like level of access and authenticity like the fact that you know you do show up when you're post-covid and you're not feeling really well or you know I, I was talking with someone recently about a particular streamer that we're all three of us are content creators in a particular realm and we were talking about a particular streamer why the streamer is so successful because they're not the best skilled person at the game but they rage every now and then not too much but they rage. And what that does is resonates with the rage with everyone who plays that game. Because we see in this streamer a piece of ourselves. And like literally that's what the message that Ruby got. I heard Metric talk and I saw a piece of myself inside that person. And I never realized that like I wasn't alone in feeling this way. And this is how I felt. And so this is where I, I don't, so I'm not the most successful content creator by any means, right? So if you want to rise to the top, you may not want to take my advice. But what I, what we have helped a lot of content creators do is become more successful and do it in a healthy fashion. And I think a big part of that is like understanding kind of who you are, why you're making content, recognizing that I hate to break it to y'all, but if you really do want to grow, like consistent effort is a part of it. You can strike lightning once or twice. And generally speaking, you know, content creators will do that. Like you'll, you'll get something will happen. You'll wind up on the top of LSF, like whatever. And you'll get an influx of people, you know, it, it, but th there is a certain amount of consistency. To, and this is what y'all have all learned, I think, right? Like, so even though Ruby, yeah. and I, I think Ruby's like a good example. I keep on bringing up Ruby because she was so detailed with like how she was doing stuff on a day-to-day -day basis. 
But what amount of that is like diminishing returns? Do you actually have to do it all? Because my goal here is to help y'all be better content creators, more successful content creators, and healthier. And that's what we're really going to focus on. Yes, Ruby. Can I say that when I let go of doing all of that stuff and just streamed, it felt, it took a few weeks, but it felt like the biggest exhale of my life. And um, actually my stream got better. Absolutely. I was focusing on the right things. Absolutely. And so this is another, I think that echoes kind of, or lays into my next point, which is, it's my belief that to be successful in content creation, actually what you have to do is offer value. It's not about clickbait, it's about value. And, and I think that that's where like, for whatever reason, each and every one of you has offered value at some point and in some way. And to try to really understand what is the value that we're offering and there are two words for this, right? So there's like the feel good word and lean into that. Or there's the corporate word, maximize it. Both are the same thing. Mm. So I, I think each and every one of us has a particular kind of like approach to things in terms of are we thinking about it in terms of mathematics or kind of like spirituality, right? There's kind of this dichotomy between like numbers and metrics and stuff. But I think at the end of the day, you know, my hope is that we do share these experiences. I think we're learning a lot about what are the issues, but I want people to come away with like concrete understanding of how many days should I take off? I want us to focus our direction on, and, and now we'll get to another important point. Like, so sharing is a part of the value. But the real value that y'all are going to get is not by just hearing what other people say. It's when other people start to ask you questions and bring out what you really need to be motivated by. So what I want to see is people asking Ruby, what was that process actually like? We know that Zell needs details, right? So like, what was the falling apart like? What did it feel like? What did you do? How did you decide to do ASMR instead of other stuff? What is the relationship between being a sound therapist, learning this kind of thing, this kind of thing, this kind of thing, and your ASMR? Right? It's like asking all those questions and trying to understand, okay, like, what is the formula here? Because if we put together all the pieces that everyone has, we'll get a formula. Now, this is going to have to be adapted to you. So then it's, we're also going to ask questions like we're going to ask Kathy, like, you know, what's it like? Are, are you pretty happy with ABC always be chilling? And, and, you know, how did you decide that you didn't want to do more or do want to do more? Do you have regrets around that? Do, you know, is there a part of you that is there something you had to grieve when you went through that process? Or are you kind of content with that? Or are you like, you know, what's going on there? And in terms of like metric and Zell, like Zell, like I'm getting the sense that Zell is hungry. Y'all feeling that? Mm. Zell, are you hungry? I did eat a little, just a little bit. So, <laughs> so he's still hungry. <laughs> he wants more. <laughs> right. So w when Zell responds with a joke, I don't know if I hit a nerve or I missed a nerve. Right. So I don't know if I'm off base or too close to home. I don't think it, you're too close. To, I think you're 
straight on though. I am, I am a hungry person. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, so like, like it's our job to not just talk about feelings, but if Zell is hungry and he's tired, I'm going to say something kind of brutal, right? But these are the words that I've heard y'all use. If he's tired of being a has-been, we're not saying he is, but if that's how he feels, or maybe he is. And if he is, like, that's a responsibility that we're going to pick up. We're not going to pretend. <laughs> we're not going <laughs> to pretend if that's the way that he feels and he's unsatisfied with where he is in life. This is where we have to decide as a group. I mean, I'm, I'm putting that on you. But when I run a group, like, it's not about helping Zell with his feelings. It's about helping him do something that he can be proud of. It's not just like massaging his feelings into the oblivion. It's about like, okay, so what's that plan going to be? Right? And for each and every one of you to think a little bit about, okay, what are your goals? What are your challenges? And we're going to help you with those things. I do a good job at like identifying the things I know I need to work on and it sits there in the back of my head and then I don't make a plan to like actually do anything about it. So, okay. What are we going to do about that y'all? Well, I want actionable goals um, that like I can like compare to last, like the last time I did it or the time before that and feel like I did it even better or at least get some sort of practice out of it. Um, I mean, you were like mentioning me alongside Zell. I feel like, like there's this like, motivational speech that's circulating around TikTok and it's about balling your fist up and getting into a fist fight to get what you want and like I want to fight like I want to I want my stuff I want what's mine I don't want to be denied anymore and I want to stop denying myself so like I feel like the biggest thing in the way of getting what I want is me absolutely me like every single day so okay how do people feel? We are about our that? own worst. I, I'd say we are our own worst critics. Maybe not all of us. But it's not Maybe even not criticism. It's, it's, it's not even criticism. I am generalizing. Yeah, it's not it's not it's not just criticism. It's like criticism comes after the fact where I didn't do the thing that I wanted to do, or I didn't do it well enough. It's like even like getting in front of the getting the motivation to just do the thing, right? Like like I'm gonna have X amount of things done by tomorrow. And then I wake up and I'm like, oh my God, it's three in the morning. Where did the day go? Like, okay. <laughs> so, so I'm going to check in with Ruby and Kathy because I'm getting a certain energy from Smirky Merc uh, Metric and Zell. I just don't know if it just happens to be a gender breakdown, but you know, so how do y'all feel about what Metric, Zell, and Smirky, do y'all feel like that's kind of resonating with you? Are you hungry? Do you want to set goals for yourself? Are you your own worst enemy? I wouldn't be surprised if your experience of where you are right now is different. I mean, I feel like that. <laughs> yeah, so um... let's talk about, let's give Ruby and Kathy a chance yeah. to share where they are. Yeah, I've felt like that and i know that feeling but that just will lead me back to the hamster wheel excellent okay so where are you right now ruby <laughs> um i have a lot of goals and i know what i want to do and where i want to go um part of it is 
confidence within myself to be able to fully realize my goals. And I've also learned that um, just myself and I, I feel like I'm constantly bringing up ADHD, but it's like my whole life. I've realized it, it affects everything. Um, you know, metric was like, oh, I wanted to do this many things in a day. I've stopped doing that to myself because it leads to feeling bad or feeling like I didn't get to the end of that day list that I wanted to get done. So then I will stay up late and I will push myself too far. Um, like I'm in a pretty good place physically now, but um, at one point in my life I was diagnosed with chronic fatigue and fibromyalgia, um, which was part of my yoga journey to getting back moving again because they just kept telling me to go for walks and I was like you want me to go for a walk I'll go do yoga um so yeah I I know that having too many things on my plate and getting back into that place again is gonna take me into like yeah that I'm I'm hungry but not in the same way I don't I have a I have a thing online and I plan everything out what I'm working on and what I need to be working on and I kind of just I it will get done when it gets done and if something's not resonating with me and like that doesn't mean like I'm a flaky hippie <laughs> like I'm getting stuff done but if I put too much pressure on myself that's when it all goes wrong and then I'm back in the machine again Yep. Like so so this is where I think we're going to so here's what I would like us to help Ruby with is and I think this is going to apply to all of us, right? So how do we find the sweet spot of, of pressure? So there's this term in science called eustress. So we hear about distress all the time. It turns out that if you don't put enough pressure on yourself or things are not challenging enough, then we wind up in boredom. And if we push ourselves too hard, we end up in distress. But if you look at optimal performance across fields, whether you're talking about medicine or esports or like athletic performance, there's a window of what we call eustress that brings out the optimal performance. So I want you all to think about, you know, like people who are competing in the grand finals of, let's say, a, a video game tournament. There's like a, a sweet spot of stress where if you want to play your best in that game, there needs to be some amount of pressure on you. And what I'm hearing from Ruby is that she learned the hard way that she was putting way too much pressure on herself. And now she's pulled back a lot, has kind of checked in with who she is, is creating content from a healthier place and is doing better. And at the same time, we want to be careful about, you know, is it possible for her to put more healthy pressure on herself without winding up on the hamster wheel? She may have actually already found the balance. We don't know. But that's definitely something we can kind of think about and talk about. Where are you with this stuff, Kathy? Oh, sorry, Zell, go ahead. I just had a question because like, so from my perspective, when I hear that, I'm like, I'm sure everyone has different tolerances to eustress and when it becomes distress. And then like, is it symptomatically bad if you feel like you need a lot of stress in order to feel like you're functioning at your optimal? You know, like, because... When I heard that, I was like, I think I'm generally somebody who just likes to be under pressure. 
but is that also just symptomatic of something that's worse going on? <laughs> you know, so that was kind of where my brain went. The short answer I'm going to say, Zell, I know it's going to be kind of weird, is probably. So Figured. here's what okay. we tend to do as human beings. Since we don't, we're not very reflective about stress and the relationship with our motivation, what we default to is excessive stress to motivate us. So I'll give you all just a simple example. I don't know if you all have ever had to cram for a final exam. Right. So most people cram for final exams. And so what is the motivational energy that we use to like study? It's like a excessive stress. So like a lot of us will naturally learn to put ourselves in excessively stressful situations in order to like provide dirty motivation. And then we become reliant on that because then I start to think to myself after I procrastinate and I study for the final and I do okay, next semester I do the same thing, next semester I do the same thing. Then I make a statement like Zell made, which is I need to be unhealthily stressed in order to be productive. So that may be a statement of truth in the past. And I would hope that we can help you be more productive with less stress. And this is where thoughtfulness and kind of being a little bit careful about understanding ourselves and how we act and how we function and stuff. Hopefully we can get there. I feel pretty confident about that. So sharing experiences is fantastic, but we got to start thinking a little bit about what do we want to get out of this and how can we frame that and sort of build almost a plan for ourselves. Kathy, we haven't given you a chance. Where are you with all this stuff? Um, in terms of the hunger, you say, I guess, uh, ambition, I think I'm channeling that more towards work because for work, yeah, I want to get things done. I'm very open to opportunities, networking, but I don't really feel the same way about that for um, streaming. Okay. If that makes sense. Yeah. So, yeah. So my expectations, I guess are a little different because I did a lot of soul searching before this. So I had to like write down a pros and cons list. Like, you know, what makes me happy? Like, I don't want to be someone who's like unhappy and just like you know, super stressed out all the time. And I realized like, you know, working more behind the scenes in the gaming industry is something that I found more value in for myself. I mean, it might not ring true for other people, but you know, yeah different perspectives. hundred percent. So I'm going to say a couple things. They may sound kind of weird. So the first is that Kathy, if you've gone through this process, let's, and you feel pretty good about where you are, that's fantastic. You, your role in this group, at least at the beginning, may be a little bit different because you've already gone through the process. So we may want I would encourage you to share a little bit more about what has worked for you. The other thing to think about is that as we talk about this stuff, you may feel like a little bit of an outsider if you're already kind of further along, which implies that everyone's on the same road. So just let us know if you start to feel that way. It doesn't mean that you don't belong here or anything like that. And then the last kind of thing that I'd kind of put to the group and also put to you is that we're also here to help you. We're here to help you think about what your goals are, clarify what your goals are, 
um, things like that. And so it may require a little bit more work on all of our parts. Because if everyone's kind of vibing around this and you're like, eh, I'm kind of ABC, always be chilling. And so it's going to require a little bit more work on everyone's part to, first of all, inquire in terms of like, you know, what growth looks like for you over the course of the next eight weeks. Um, so you may have to volunteer more or share more with if there's something that you're kind of working on or thinking through. And then we may have to like inquire more. The last thing to kind of consider, which I want to be very, very careful about, is that if your ambition in the workplace is really where your, your mind is, then we're more than happy to help you with that. The main concern that I have with that is that you have a job in the gaming industry, and I wouldn't want anything about the way that you frame the situation or anything like that to negatively impact your career within the gaming industry. Right, so this is live streamed, and if you're saying like, "Oh, like, I want to get promoted, but my colleague is, you know, shady," like we don't want to get you in trouble, so we have to be very careful around that kind of boundary. Whereas, like, I think with content creation and stuff, it's like a little bit safer. Um, I just kind of want to acknowledge that, but we do do a lot of stuff. We see this. I, I don't know if y'all are familiar, but we have a career coaching program which is actually doing really well. It's something that we're we recently launched, and we manage a lot of corporate climbing kind of issues in there. So that's definitely something we can talk about and help you with, but I just want to be a little bit cautious on your behalf about whether that's actually safe to do here. Thoughts, reflections? You okay with that? I'm fine with that. Um, if anything, I could also draw on past work experiences too. Um, everything will be probably anonymous. Sure. Most likely. Yeah. <laughs> so, so we just don't want to do anything that's actually going to, you know, hurt your career <laughs> anyway okay so um let's i'm gonna give y'all homework how'd y'all feel about homework last time was that okay did it feel excessive to people do y'all want more less structure it it didn't feel excessive to me okay yeah it was good so i'm gonna give y'all some homework for this week so what about you is holding you back. Nancy, and you writing this down, please. <laughs> um, <laughs> they I, did it last time. <laughs> uh, we, we can, we can uh, send it on our group DM. Thank you. So, <laughs> so and, and then I, I want to kind of give you all some, some wiggle room there. The other thing that you can sort of really think about is when we talk about holding you back, it presumes that you want to go somewhere. Right? So like, Part of that discussion, and this could be just as good, is, is where do you want to go? Now, these are sort of purposely left to be open-ended. Um, we'll probably be a little bit more formal with how we come back. So I understand we're probably taking next week off. Is that correct, everyone? Because I think a lot yes, of people are going to tax. Yep, that's correct. Awesome. So we're going to take next week off. So I'm giving you all something that's a little bit more substantive. For those of you all that want more guidelines, what I would say is... I'll, I'll type this out, but I would say like literally write up one page on either or both of these topics. So I think a solid like, you know, 300 to 400 words will probably be really, really good. You can, you know, write it physically. You don't have to write if you don't want to. You can think about it or, or take notes. But in my experience, when you write things, you may think you know what the answer is at the beginning of the page. But by the end, almost everyone uncovers something that they were not expecting. 
What we'll also do next week is maybe, a, a, depending on how we'll check in and presuming that stuff hasn't happened that we need to kind of address, we'll start to think a little bit about what we want and what's holding us back and kind of dig into that in a more formal way. Okay? Questions? Awesome. Okay. Closing thoughts, reflections. Do we understand what we're doing here? How do people feel about it? I'm I'm enjoying these sessions a lot. And like I already like think about things like my hamster wheel is always running. Um, but um, I guess it kind of in a good way exemplifies it. it. It's making me critically think about like certain things that maybe I didn't think about before. Good. Yeah, I've been having a great time. So <laughs> um, I'm feeling less alone, um, which I've kind of not that like I, I didn't have people to talk to or anything like that or even other streamer friends to talk to. But this is a kind of a bit more intimate setting that it. Yeah, it did it, it kind of. How do I don't I don't know what the words are. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Um, yeah, I'm really enjoying it and appreciating it. And um, yeah, I don't know if less alone is the... When you said it, I felt like the same, but I'm like, I don't know if I feel less alone. I don't, I don't really talk to anyone about stuff. It's nice to talk to people that do do other things to me because I don't really have anyone who does what I do that I actually want to listen because a lot of other streamers that I know um, like kind of dismiss me it's maybe that's how I feel but it's nice to feel listened to yeah it's good to like listen to other stories um, and like you know it's kind of like the intersection of all these different people different backgrounds and it's like you know we can find some like really interesting stuff to talk about and i think that's really powerful cool um yeah i've been enjoying these sessions as well um and when i say that i do prioritize work that doesn't mean like content creation is just in the garbage bin for me like i am interested on like trying out new things like maybe i will edit or manufacture things later on if I if I find like because like one of my biggest problems is I think I get very unmotivated sometimes or I'm like depressed here and there which is kind of one of the reasons why I was um, reaching out for those coaching sessions um, with your company so I, I recognize there's a lot of things I need to work on cool and so have y'all gotten uh, mental health support information in terms of clinical stuff y'all received that yet Okay, so we'll, so we'll get on that. No. So I think we're going to send you all something shortly about, um, you know, if you all are struggling with things like depression or ADHD or things like that, we'll try to help you all connect with people if, if that's something you're interested in. Okay? Appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you. Awesome. awesome. So, um, you know, thank you all very much for coming. I, I know it's just week two. Uh, so I, I think it's going to be, it tends to be a meandering kind of, uh, road that we walk. 
I don't know if we're going to get to all eight of the teaching points, but one thing that I'm sort of definitely think we need to touch on, I think point number eight is being in the business of friendship. Um, I think mm -hmm. that's point number eight, right? I, I don't remember where it is, but I think this is, this is definitely something that I think we should talk about at some point. I think right now we're going to still focus on ourselves a little bit, but I think relationships as metric was kind of pointing out, like sometimes people don't message you quite as much. Ruby's sort of noticing that people will, you know, not be kind of open, welcoming, discussing. And so the content creation is very interesting because y'all are in the business of friendship. And so it's really interesting because like, you know, when someone wants to reach out to collab, you know, it's like, who are like, is this, am I getting invited because this person likes me or is it because of my viewer base or what? And conversely, we've also heard from content creators that I'm a small content creator. I hung out with a large content creator. I actually genuinely like this person and I want to hang out with them for personal reasons. But I'm terrified that if I ask them to do something, they will think that I'm, I'm clout chasing. Right. So at some point, we can definitely talk a little bit about how to navigate you know, relationships in the content creation world, um, something we also have explored quite a bit. So, and if other topics kind of jump out to you and stuff like that, please kind of, you know, let us know, pitch them forward. If you're feeling kind of left out or you're feeling like you're not getting much from the group, let the group know. And I, I know that we're still, I'm, I'm kind of maybe pushing, I'll, I'll ease up a little bit, but at some point we got to start challenging each other and, and, you know, it can't just be all positive all the time. <laughs> Probably still two or three, two weeks before we get there, but. And y'all are also welcome to say, hey, I, I don't think that we're doing a good job. I feel like, I, you know, y'all can criticize me, too. So thank you all very much for coming. Um, I'm super thank optimistic. Uh, really appreciate everyone's input. And it's awesome to have people who share so much and are also so different. So that, I think, is going to be really what makes this very worthwhile for everyone involved. Thank you all very much. Thank you for having us. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. K. Bye. Bye. Farewell. Bye.